All right, all right, all right. Episode two of Inside of Julius's Mind. Um, first of all, I want to kind of hit on all the good feedback that I had from episode one. I appreciate it, you know. I want to provide a different point of view on a lot of different things. Um, kind of sharing my opinion. You can disagree, you can agree. But that's what I'm here for. So just kind of open it up. You know what I mean? I know a lot of people were raised differently than I was. I know a lot of people have different point of views. I know a lot of people have been through different things than I have. Um, so I appreciate everything, positive and negative feedback. Uh, but this week, we had a lot of crazy stuff happen this week. Uh, first off, we're going to hit on the passing of Winnie Mandela. And uh, the great things she did for the South African country. Uh, we're going to hit on the NCAA National Championships, both teams. Uh, Jay Wright. I know a lot of people have been speaking on him. Uh, we're going to hit on Lamar Jackson, the NFL draft, and the, uh, the hypocrisy of the NFL draft. Uh, we're going to hit on MLK, Martin Luther King. Uh, you know, this past week was, uh, I forgot exactly which day it was, uh, but was the day he was assassinated. Uh, we're also going to hit on Fox News. We're going to hit on Connor the Maniac McGregor because that's his new nickname. Uh, we're going to hit on the Masters and Tiger Woods and kind of what I see going forward for him. And then we're going to hit on Triple G and Canelo, uh, the two biggest names in boxing right now. All right, so let's uh, let's hop right into it. All right, you know, want to start off, I kind of hate doing this, but when something sad happens, you know, you uh, you want to hit on that first, you know. Uh, I want to shoot out condolences to the family of Winnie Mandela, former wife of Nelson Mandela, great activist for women's rights in the country, in the continent of Africa and worldwide. Uh, really big rape activist person that was on the forefront when things had to be done or things had to be said. Uh, I did a little research on her, uh, on Miss Mandela, and what I came to find out was why people were afraid of Nelson Mandela, you know, rightfully so. When somebody tries to... Uh, knock down the system as it's seen. You want to protect that by any means necessary, right? Uh, keeping that power structure in place just because you never know uh, <laughs> where you're going to end up on that power structure when it's over, right? Um, so while the police were afraid of Nelson Mandela, while they were terrified of what it would mean for a man of that stature, a man that was in prison for as long as he was in prison to become the president of the country. It's crazy to think that those same people were more afraid of Winnie Mandela. You know, I will never take away the importance of women in a movement. 
you know, you can never minimize women's powers and women's goals in the movement. Um, because even though most women are emotional, that emotional creates a sort of attachment to what they want to see changed. And it inspires other women. And then it inspires other women. And then eventually, you know, the men, they, they, get, they get involved, right? So, Betty Shabazz, um, Coretta Scott King, um, Khadija Farrakhan. You got all these great women. You know, just these are just black women that I'm hitting on. You have other women. You know, you have other women that are in the forefront. Uh, and being the face of a movement, Winnie Mandela. So, rest in peace to Winnie Mandela for all the great work she did while she was among us. I know her works, even though she's passed on. Uh, I know her works was well received across the country, uh, across the world, across the continent of Africa. Because, you know, we need people like that. Even in this day and age, we need people like that. So rest in peace to Miss Winnie Mandela. <sighs> Man. It's been a crazy sports week, right? Uh, like I told you on the episode, first episode, this isn't just a sports podcast, but when you see things happen, you gotta comment on them, right? You have to say something. Uh, so this is the first step of me saying something on sports, right? Uh, this podcast, so this episode in in general, uh, is going to be kind of sports heavy, sports heavy because the things that I saw this week have been crazy. Um, but let's start off on a light note, right? Let's send out a big shout out to Villanova, the Wildcats winning their second national championship in the past three years. Dante going absolutely nuts in the national championship. Off the bench. Off the bench. Uh, It kind of reminded me of uh, Woody Harrison's character from White Man Can't Jump. (laughs) Uh, Congratulations to them. Uh, Congratulations to Michigan to getting that far. They weren't on my radar. But no Big Ten team was really on my radar. Uh, just because I don't really see anything exciting up there. No really team like stands out. You know what I mean? Um, but as me personally, I wanted uh, Loyola to win a national championship. I didn't fill out a bracket and say, oh, Loyola's going to be the team that wins a national championship. No. That's not what I had in mind at all. But once I saw that first upset, I definitely wanted them to keep going. Uh, College basketball is different. Men's in general. Because it don't matter what school you go to, if you go to the Kentuckys and the KUs of the world, or if you go to the Lehigh's and the Butler's of the world, making a shot is making a shot. And if your confidence is high, your shots tend to go in a little bit more. 
it's almost like watching Steph Curry, right? A lot of people can attest to this. Once Steph Curry is hot, he can pull up from anywhere on the court. And he's gotten so confident to where he knows. Once that ball is in the air, he doesn't have to sit there and watch it go in. He's already getting back on defense. People call that arrogant. I call it somebody that has mastered their craft. That's just what it is. Right? So that's what you need in the the tournament to get to the national championship. You need to master your craft. Whatever makes your team dominant. That's what you need, right? Just And that's what's going to stick out for men's basketball in general. Uh, it's a little different on the women's side. We're going to talk about that. Uh, but for men, just be dominant, be hot, be confident. And it'll it'll take you somewhere, right? Uh, Michigan, you know, the final score was 79 to 62. For me personally, I just didn't see the fight that Michigan had in the final four in the national championship. It's like, I'm not, I'm not going to say they gave up because I'm never going to question another man's effort. Uh, especially when that effort can change your family's life forever. I won't do that. But I will say it doesn't. It didn't look like the same team that we had saw in the Final Four against Loyola. Um, I don't know what happened. I don't know if just Villanova was too much for him. I don't know if it was um, they were tired. I don't know. But they were not the same team. Right? Um, Jay Wright. He's won two out of the last three national championships. Not many teams can say that they've done that. And he doesn't have the overwhelming talent that the Kentuckys, the Dukes, the KUs, the North Carolina of the world. He doesn't have that. He he gets people. When he recruits, he gets them to stay. They stay for two, three years. He has seniors on his team. Right? Loyola had seniors on the team. Michigan had seniors on their team. It brings a different type of basketball element to the court when you can rely on senior leadership. When you can rely on somebody that's been there, that's had their back up against the walls, and who wasn't playing against high school freshmen uh, 10 months prior, or in some cases, AAU people, which are cream of the crop athletes. But when you come with like talent, when we're talking about grade A mental toughness, you need juniors, seniors, sophomores to get you over that hump. That's just what it is. Uh, unless you have talent like Kentucky had back in 2012 with Anthony Davis, John Wall, Michael Kidd, Gilchrist, and those guys, Eric Bledsoe. That's a little different. They won a national championship because that talent, no matter how young they were, was overwhelming. <laughs> there was no team coming even close to touching them that year. Um, so... Congratulations to Villanova. Congratulations to the city of Philadelphia because that's two championships in the major sports. Men's basketball, college men's basketball, let me clarify, because the 76ers are not winning the NBA Finals and then the NFL with the Philadelphia Eagles. Congratulations, Philadelphia. Congratulations, Villanova. Uh, Congratulations to Michigan for being there. Congratulations to Loyola 
for having a great season. Um, but now I want to kind of transition from that. Now, I was kind of asked uh, this week, and I really didn't have an answer for it then. Uh, but after thinking about it, I can I can speak on it now. I was asked by a friend of mine, should Jay Wright go to the NBA? Should he take a Knicks job? Um, hell no. <laughs> no. Stay in college basketball. Do not take that Knicks job. I love Chris Tapsuzingas. But do not take that Knicks job. Leave that Knicks job the hell alone. Leave it across the subway. Leave it across the train. You do not want that job. Okay? Stay in Villanova. You're a Philadelphia guy. You went to school there. Right? You were an assistant coach there. Your roots are there. Recruit, get better, get back to the national championship. Because the numbers are in your favor. Two out of the last three years, you won the national championship. Two out of the, well, one out of those three years, you were the underdog. People didn't have you winning. Probably one of the better national championships in a while. That uh, 2013, no, not 2013, one that long ago. Uh, 2015 national championship. Stay in college, recruit, get better, do it again. All right, Jay, listen to me. Please do not go to the NBA. It will not work out for you. All right. So let's go to their counterparts. Notre Dame. Led by Arik Agumbawale. Miss Clutch. Miss Mamba. Two big games. Two big shots. You know, the crazy thing about her is uh, she wears number 24, right? And the interview after she made the shot that beat UConn, the interview comes up to her. What gave you the confidence to get that shot off? I knew Kobe was here. So I had to use that Mamba mentality. What? No. (laughs) I need something more than that. Mamba mentality gave you the win? All right. It kind of just makes me think of that... uh, that Nike commercial for a couple of years ago uh, where Kobe's sitting up at a board and he has like Kanye West. He has all these uh, musicians and notable figures in the audience and he poses a question to him and he's like, are you a different animal but the same beast? And Kanye West is like, what the hell are you talking about, Kobe Bryant? What the hell are you talking about, Arik? The Mamba mentality? I've seen top-tier athletes. You know, situations like that in two big games, these aren't series. These aren't, you know, um, even if you lose this one, you got another one to come back and win. That doesn't happen. If you lose this game, you're going home. Right, And you make two of the biggest shots in your career to get to the national championship and then to win the national championship. Congratulations, girl. Congratulations. That's major. That's extremely major. All right. Coach McGraw, 
Congratulations. That's your second national championship in your 31 years of being a coach there. That's major, especially when you're in, you're coaching against people like Pat Summit, rest in peace, Gina Oriyama, uh, the coach down in Bailey whose name is, I think it's like Miss Coach Fields or something like that. Uh, I mean, you have to coach against that level of talent to have two in that time span to where all those guys are coaching, except for Pat Summit, rest in peace. It's major. Congratulations, Coach McGraw. Uh, but I want to talk about something that's been happening. In Starkville, Mississippi. Nobody's noticed this and nobody's talked about it. But Mississippi State, the women's basketball team, has been to the last two national championships. Bridesmaids, but never the bride. And most of that talent is coming back. Right? So, um, I'm not saying that they're going to win next year. But um, Notre Dame was in their their place. They lost. Now, they didn't go to two in a row. But they lost. It wouldn't surprise me. That's all I'm going to say. Don't call me the Greek Swami. Don't call me the prophet. But I would not be surprised if next year Mississippi State gets to the National Championship and they win. Now, it is an uphill battle. You still have to worry about UConn. You still have to worry about Notre Dame. You still have to worry about Baylor. But if you've been as dominant as you've been for the last two years, for the last three years, I like your chances, Mississippi State, even if I do hate your school. But congratulations to Notre Dame. Congratulations to the great season they had. Congratulations to Miss uh, Arik Agumbawale. Mamba mentality. Maybe we should all implement that in our lives. All right. So, kind of staying on the same sports topic. Uh, Different sport, same arena. Lamar Jackson. Heisman Trophy winner, Lamar Jackson. Let me put some respect on his name. Quarterback for Louisville. Uh, Dynamic. Dynamic player. Um, Extremely talented. Extremely fast. Extremely uh, overall, overwhelming quarterback but as we get closer and closer to the draft he gets further and further from the top of draft boards um now I've never been that good at math um but If you play in the ACC, right, which most people believe uh, is the best conference in football, I personally think it's still the SEC, uh, but most people believe in the top three is the SEC, ACC, SEC, Big Ten. No particular order. You rate them yourselves. Um, but the ACC, 
great conference. You know, you have Miami, Florida State, uh, Clemson, Louisville, North, uh, North Carolina, North Carolina State, Wake, uh, Wake Forest. You got all these teams in the conference. And you have a player that has lit that conference up for two years. He's been the top player in those conferences for the past two years. Now, this is the same conference that gave you Deshaun Watson. This is the same conference that gave you Jameis Winston, although being a little bit earlier. This is the same conference that gave you Sammy Watkins, uh, Martavis Bryant, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Parker, Teddy Bridgewater. Same conference. Now, his Heisman Trophy winning numbers. Ridiculous. Right? Crazy numbers. Now, Lamar Jackson and his stats are one thing. If you look at him, just put him on a board, and you say, hey, stand right here. He's 6'3", right? He's uh, he's tall. He's a, a lankier guy. He's ridiculously fast. Um, and he's extremely talented. Now, as a sophomore, I'm just going to run off his stats real quick. 2016, the year he won the Heisman. 230-yard completions. was 56.2%. 3,500 passing yards, and he basically threw for 8.7 yards per attempt. Um, he threw for 30 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. Right? His quarterback rating... That year he won the championship. That year he won uh, the Heisman, sorry. Not the championship. That year he won the Heisman. His quarterback rating was 148.8. Now you can say it's college football, that's one thing. But that rating is great no matter what arena you're in, besides maybe arena football. Pun intended. Right? Now, I'm going to throw out some other numbers. And I want you to kind of follow along with me because I'm making a point. I'm going to get there. It might take me a little while, but I'm going to get there. All right. Now, 2017. This quarterback. And he's going to remain nameless. I'm going to do the Nick Wright. I know I talk about Nick Wright a lot in the last episode, uh, but I'm going to do the Nick Wright. Right now, this quarterback. This past season, 152 completions, 270 yard, uh, 270 attempts, 56.3 percentage rating, 16 touchdowns, six interceptions. His rate, his rating, when the season was said and done, was 127.8. 
Now, if I put that quarterback up to Lamar Jackson with the numbers that I just stated, what quarterback are you taking? Are you taking Lamar Jackson? Or are you taking the latter quarterback? I'll make the decision for you. Give me Lamar Jackson. We know he's a freak athlete, but we also know he can throw the ball. And we also know he can get that that ball in the end zone any way possible. The NBA is, I mean, that's not the NBA. The NFL is not the the triple option anymore. And the wing tee is spread. The Philadelphia Eagles showed us that this year. They ran the ball, but it was a lot of down-the-field passing. You can't be afraid of that. Now, I'm taking Lamar Jackson just for the simple fact, just on numbers alone. Because a lot of people want to make it a numbers thing. Oh, his numbers weren't that good. Now, that quarterback that I mentioned did not play in the ACC, did not play in the SEC, did not play in the Big Ten. But that same quarterback is in most of those big heads, um, those guys that talk about how good their uh, mock draft is. They have him number one, number two, or number three. None of those guys have Lamar Jackson number one, number two. I'm not going to put race into it. But if history shows us anything, is that black, black quarterbacks got to work ten times as hard to accomplish half of what they thought that he could do when they drafted him. I'm extremely critical of Cam Newton. I was extremely critical of Cam Newton when he was at Auburn. Because I'm an LSU fan, I wouldn't. I know he was a great player at Auburn. He won the Heisman. His numbers were ridiculous. The year he won the NBA in the NFL, his numbers were ridiculous. The year they went to the Super Bowl, his numbers were ridiculous. He had an offense that was tailored to his skill set, and they won. Now, this past season, Cam Newton had a damn good season. He made it to the playoffs. They lost in the uh, wild card, but he made it to the playoffs with no number one receiver. Greg Olson hurt most of the season. Michael Vick. If you take out the two years that he lost because of the dog situation, we all know Michael Vick as being one of the most dominant quarterbacks. He's the only quarterback to go up and beat Brett Favre in Lambeau, in the cold, being a dome team, right? But then until Eli Manning went up there and beat uh, beat that, that same Packers team a couple years later. And you know how he did it? Being a runner quarter, running quarterback. He was skinny. He was shorter than Lamar Jackson. Then you have Rundle, uh, Randall Cunningham. You had Dante Culpepper. You got Warren Moon. You even got the same type of hate towards Deshaun Watson. Towards Russell Wilson, you gotta catch. You gotta. The black quarterback's gotta catch a break. Now, if my team, the Saints, draft Lamar Jackson, I would not be upset about that. But to outwardly disrespect this man. Ask him to switch positions when the only position that he's ever played is his quarterback. And he's won. And he's been productive. Why? There is no film on him playing receiver. 
There is no film on him playing slot. He's a quarterback. And I think the way that he's handled things couldn't be any better. He refused to run at the combine. You know I'm fast. Me running this 40 ain't going to prove that I'm faster. He refused to run at his pro day. He did throw. He looked pretty good throwing too. I like that. I personally, if I was in his camp, I wouldn't go meet with one team unless they were talking about me playing quarterback. Now, I know I gave you those court, those, uh, those numbers earlier uh, when I was talking. I'm going to reveal that quarterback now. Quarterback is Josh Allen. Yeah, the quarterback from Wyoming. The quarterback that's getting all this love, being touted as one of the, the better quarterbacks in this draft class. <sighs> Whatever. Right? Now, in my opinion... This draft class and the quarterbacks in it is as follows. Lamar Jackson, Josh Rosen from UCLA, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, and then Josh Allen. Now, if you're talking about the most pro prototypical quarterback, as in if you needed him to start day one, it would be Josh Rosen. Now, he has his own problems that people are trying to make, but I don't really think they're problems at all. Uh, They say he's not serious (laughs) about uh, football. I just think... It's not that he's not serious about football, but he understands there's more to life than just playing football. Football for him is not a, a, a means to an end, like most people are, you know. From what I could tell... He doesn't come from a struggling family. He's a smart kid. You know, he, he, he just wants to play football. So to put, since he's not that diehard football guy, is ridiculous. To tell Lamar Jackson that we don't see you playing quarterback in the NFL is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And it's all from Bill Polian. Bill Polian, the only reason you made it into the Hall of Fame is because you just happened to draft Peyton Manning. You take Peyton Manning out of Bill Polian's resume. He looks start he starts to look like, you know, a little funny in the light, right? He starts to look a little um, mediocre. Right? So for him to give any opinion on a quarterback is ridiculous. Lamar Jackson, I wish you nothing but best. If you decide, that, if you ever listen to this podcast, I know that's a stretch, but if, if you ever listen to this podcast, play quarterback in the NFL. If my Saints are lucky enough to draft you, I wish you nothing but the best. Because the NFL shows their hypocrisy every year. Right? With the Colin Kaepernick situation. With the, uh, the the owner in Houston, I don't know if most if most of you guys heard, but he apologized uh, for some statements that he made, calling the players inmates, <laughs> and them protesting was like the inmates running the prison. 
He came out this past week and said the only thing he should have apologized for is apologizing for the statement that he made. Now, I'm not the type of person to put pressure on any organization or any player. But as a black man in America, right? The negative outlooks that are portrayed on the people who look like me get very, very exhausting. Right? I would love for a player like J.J. Watt to come out and say, I can't agree with Coach uh, with Owner McNair on this. He got Deshaun Watson, Jadavion Clowney, DeAndre Hopkins, Lamar Miller. He got some of the top athletes in the NFL on his team. And you come out and you say something like that. NFL is just full of hypocrites. They love you for what you can produce, but they don't actually love you. Wow. Now, it kind of is kind of funny because with him saying that, it kind of brings it to a bigger picture. Now, this may be looking, looking looking on as a stretch. Colin Kaepernick... Uh, he came out and he said, there's collusion amongst the NFL owners to keep me out of the league. If him saying what he just said this week doesn't show that there is collusion, I don't know what will. I don't know. Because if you have an owner that comes out and says, them protesting in the NFL is like the inmates running to prison. And then he comes out a while later and says, I'm sorry. And then from that apology, he comes up recent day or present day, and he says the only thing I apologize is that I shouldn't I shouldn't have apologized for. <laughs> Whatever. When eighty percent of the NFL is black, you got to show a little bit more respect than that. So Lamar Jackson, I wish you nothing but luck in your your next coming days because the draft is coming up soon, and I hope you fall to a team that deserves your talents, and I hope you have a Long sustaining career. Now, I know, I know you guys are waiting. Where's the the, the political uh, stance this week? Right. I'm glad you keep guys. Uh, I'm glad you guys kept listening. Here we are. Now, this past week, young brother, I think he, I think he's in Texas. He, um, he recorded a video of him getting into twenty different colleges on a full ride scholarship. Right? Happy. It's exciting. Right? Now he got into twenty different colleges on a full ride scholarship, and these news and affiliate of Fox News had the audacity to call him obnoxious. (laughs) I don't know what else we got to do. 
if we listen to rap music and we sag and we talk a little different, we're called thugs. We're looked down upon, right? We become a statistic. But if we want to better ourselves, if we want to go to college, granted, he he applied to 20 20 colleges and got into all 20 on a full-ride scholarship. That's nothing to laugh at. That's nothing to smirk at. That's a damn big accomplishment, right? <laughs> to call him obnoxious when he was only going to go to one of those schools and then 19 other kids will have the same opportunity to apply to those schools that he didn't go to and get accepted. There was no victim in this. I'm tired of being the bad guy in every situation, no matter what is seen. When people that look like me are the people that are beaten up on, right? When you say obnoxious and you call them all these other things. Why? There's no point. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because I talked about it last week. I'm not surprised by racism anymore. I see it, I acknowledge it, I understand it, I move on from it. And that's exactly what I'm going to do in this quick segment. We're going to move on from it. Congratulations, man. 20 colleges, 24 rides, that's major. I'm happy for you, your family, and your close friends. Because that's the next step into a bright future. Man, this is this has been a crazy week, right? Now, this is gonna be our last segment of the day of this episode. I'm extremely grateful for everybody that's listened, that continues to listen, and to give continue to give me feedback. But we gotta hit on one thing: Conor McGregor. Now, I'm sure many of you by the end of me posting this episode has seen the rampage that he went on and has seen Dana, uh, Dana White come out and uh, apologize and demonize Conor McGregor. Now, this was not because of him being stripped of his title. Per words of Dana White. This is because of a friend of his and a misunderstanding, or misunderstanding against another fighter. Now, I've seen both angles of the video. I've seen the outside view of him throwing things into the, uh, the bus, and I've seen the inside view of things getting thrown into the bus. He tried to flee. He tried to get on his private jet and go back to Ireland. Think of what? Connor. Connor, 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 Connor. You got to be smarter than that, right, buddy? You're not a street-level thug anymore, man. You're a multi-millionaire fighter, and you ain't fought in almost two years. What's the point of you doing something like that? getting charged with assault now you're looking up to jail time for real and you're not a USA citizen so now you start to get into some real problems 
You're looking at prison time, man. Not community service. Right? One of the fighters got glass in their eyes. Can't fight. That's money away from his family. Right? You guys got to tell me, like, when you guys listen to this episode, you got to give me your feedback on what you think should have happened. Or how Connor should have, like, dealt with this. Because the way he handled it. (laughs) All right. All right. Because I've seen people get lose their lives for way less than what he did. But that wraps up another episode, y'all. Check me out on your favorite podcast site. Thank you. Peace.